Welcome back to our Proactive London studio. I'm delighted to be joined now by Eduardo Covarrubias, who is the chairman at Los Andes Copper. And Eduardo, you've just raised 10 million Canadian dollars and you've got a new PFS coming down the pipe. Before we delve into the financials and what people can expect from that PFS, perhaps you'd like to start by giving us a bit of an overview of the project. It's uh, obviously one of the three or four largest undeveloped copper deposits. Uh, we're located in a tier one mining jurisdiction and within a belt that's particularly attractive. We are belt houses three or four of the world's largest copper mines. And Vizcatitas is a project uh, of a scale of over 10 billion pounds that can be developed into a large operation as the ones that the majors are really needing and the market is needing. So having said that, um, we, as you mentioned, we just completed a, a capital raise. We did that, uh, um, we worked on it over, over the last few weeks. And uh, one of the reasons we did it ahead of a PFS, as, as, as many people may have asked, is because we needed the money mm -hmm. and because the markets were there. And, and actually, this is very important for us, obviously, um, uh, we were uh, we, we have we have some relevant funds coming in. We have about over six million dollars of, of of warrants uh, coming due in May June. We have another five million U.S. that uh, is a residual payment that's supposed to come in. But we did not want to rely on funds coming in and put the company in a in a more risky position. So the markets were there. Bank of Montreal was very supportive. They gave us a deal. So now we have a company with a strong balance sheet and well positioned for a very exciting year ahead of us. Fantastic. And a year that, as you mentioned, does include a PFS. What do you think people can expect from that PFS when they get to see it? Well, yeah, the PFS is, is, is uh, we, we expect to have it finalized within this quarter. And uh, I, for us, the key thing of this uh, study was first transition from a conceptual PA to an actual project that can be uh, described at a level that is an operational level and that can be taken forward and, and, and built. Um, but it's not only a project that's been looked after from a technical and economic standpoint, but we've made it a point of adopting the leading uh, practices of sustainable mining. And that's sounds sometimes like a bit of a cliche, but being a Greenfield project, we can actually design it from scratch that way. Some of the things we've done, we, we had continental water rights, we're migrating to desalinated water. We believe in today's world, uh, mining has to move, particularly in, in, in Chile and, and, and areas that are facing droughts and, and the effects of climate change. We are switching to um, desalinated water. We're joining a consortium where we will represent approximately 25% of that consortium. But not only we're switching to desalinated water, but we're requiring that consortium to make desalinated water available to, to the communities where these pipelines go to. And those communities are in a particularly challenged area of the desertification that's going on in Chile. So we believe this is a way where mining can really benefit directly communities that would otherwise not have access to this. Other changes are, for example, we change our, our grinding methods. We're switching from sag mills to uh, HVGRs. Uh, that is actually uh, another change that will reduce power consumption by about 25%. 
Um, so that's another relevant change. The other one is obviously we're going to be dry, we're going to be uh, filtering our tailings and uh, using dry stack tailings. That reduces water consumption by half. And not only that, it also reduces the footprint of the project because we can deposit the waste material together with the uh, filtered tailings. So that reduces the footprint of the project. We can put everything on a single valley. And uh, those are the things, the changes that we see can can make a big difference again in looking at mining for something in the future. Thanks, Eduardo. So what are you going to do with the 10 million? Well, um, we have several studies that we're advancing uh, in parallel with the BFS. And uh, also, we will plan on going back drilling. And uh, there's, there's potential there for further extensions and uh, start advancing on the feasibility work. So there's, there's plenty of, uh, of work ahead of us. So Eduardo, when you put together the new financing and the new PFS, what you're left with is actually quite an interesting project for investors. Yes, we believe so. And, and obviously the market is, uh, uh, the, the, the industry is, is hungry for projects of scale in jurisdiction where these can get built. So yeah, we believe we're in a, in a, in a very uh, uh, fortunate position. Uh, and, uh, but on our end, I mean, we need to sort of continue advancing, uh, show, continue eliminating value. This, this deposit is open in most directions. I mean, it can continue growing as an open pit in itself substantially. It can also, uh, there's, there's, there's also the elements to start looking at maybe a subsequent development of an underground operation after the open pit has been developed. That's something that many of these tier one copper projects are looking at right now. So that's other things that we're looking at. And obviously advancing on some of the feasibility work. But as you say, I mean, the interest in the, in the, in the, in the market for these type of projects uh, is always present and being felt. Well, Eduardo, very best of luck with it. Sounds like you've got plenty of work to do. So we'll let you get back to it. And uh, thanks for coming to see us in our London studio. Thank you very much, Tom, for having us here. Thanks. Thank <laughs> you.